Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. You're now listening to MIA Radio. Who put this thing together? DJ Kev. DJ Zayas. That's who. Let me holler at my real Miami motherfuckers. Wait, 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 wait. This that Zaya Cash shit, though. Yeah. yeah. No mejor en Miami, bro. You already know. They're going to yeah. shut down the city with this shit right here. Zaya Cash, best in the city, bruh. Bruh. But it's going to be a podcast? Am I everything? I'm still lost. I'm me too. I don't know Yo, what's going on. Yo, I still want to listen to it, though. It's Zaya Cash, bro. Oh, shit. I'm down. 305 Miami shit. Yo, 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 it's MI Radio. Yes, we are back for another one. Episode, Episode 107. 107. 107. There you go. Special guest in the building. We got a special guest in the one building. One and only Miami, Miami staple. Miami, Miami staple. We're going we're gonna to get into it. I, I need to know. I, yeah. I want to have him on because I want to know his origin story. Oh, man. It goes <laughs> deep. <laughs> it goes deep. <laughs> well, let's cut them. Already, already we're cutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ A-Train. A-Train in, in the, the building. building. Yes, Let's yes. give it up for A Train. What's up? What's up, fellas? What's good, brother? What's up, listeners? Uh, but yeah, like like I said, I I was talking to Kaz earlier. I'm like, yo, I, ever since I met A Train, he's just always been DJing. Like I've never, like I just saw him one time at a club, and he's been like the guy killing it. But I I never knew where you came from because I'm pretty sure you're not from Miami, right? So correct. I was always like, yo, where is he from? He's just always been at it. But like you've been doing it consistently at like a high level for mm-hmm. so long. But I didn't know where. Like, I know you weren't in all ages out here and stuff like that. So. No, no. Uh, I came here from Gainesville mm. when I was, like, 22, I guess. Okay. Um, so I grew up in Gainesville. My family's from New York. My parents were born and raised in the Bronx. And then they became, like, traveling hippies, basically. Had my three siblings. Ended up in Tennessee on a big like a hippie commune they call it an intentional living community oh like legitimate hippies <laughs> but you yeah, know this was like yeah the biggest if, if i'm not mistaken the biggest and most successful like in our history at that time wow really um so was born there and then moved to gainesville like right after i was born hey, basically so how was it growing up with a traveling hip- hippie family like well that. at that point we had settled in Gainesville okay, okay. with a bunch of other families and this it was like a cool scene there you know it's like a college town but people don't know it was also like a big hippie town yeah, I never you know? heard of that um there's you know at the time there was a huge music scene there <laughs> so like you know there's always been a really big punk rock scene yeah in Gainesville <clears throat> but there was also like tons of live hip-hop bands and uh the dj scene was huge like techno clubs you know simon's right oh i think i played there once so back in the day simon's was like world famous destination for djs in the u.s crazy no idea yeah it was like a spot i mean i I, i've heard of the now the more current ones and a lot of my childhood friends went to u.s so like i'm familiar with that and the hippies. And I've gone to Gainesville and like one time they took us to like a kind of like what is it, the mellow mushroom pizza? But uh-huh. like a, some random Gainesville version. And like we sat in somebody's like backyard with like <laughs> tomatoes and everything and shit. So I mean Gainesville is crazy. Like Yeah, it's got a it's a it's a real diverse town. It's got, you know, total like country people, you know, that have yeah. been there forever. Huge college town, obviously, right. you know. So anyhow, we sell it in Gainesville, grew up DJing there, which is like college scene. So, you know, at the time, 
you know, well, actually, a lot, it's a it's a deep story. I went to high school in Japan. What? <laughs> like most of high school is in Japan, basically. So I left Gainesville. My dad got a teaching job. Oh, okay. Not like teaching English, but like teaching for on the military bases. Like they have American grade schools for the kids whose parents are stationed overseas, like army brats or whatever. Mm -hmm. So my dad was a teacher working for the government's, you know, like education right. system where they station teachers around, around, the, yeah. around the world. Yeah. So his first job ended up being Japan. Crazy. And he took it and we all went. And so yeah, I, I spent like three and a half years. That's wow. insane. Oh, that's I remember awesome. you had mentioned it and, and so crazy to me because I mean, I was in the military. So when you told me that, I. I wasn't sure, and, and I was like, wait, was his family in the military? Or? Yeah, so we were civilian, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so my my older sister had bought turntables and a mixer when we moved to Japan. Wow. And so then started, I started like collecting records over there. And then whenever she was home, I was allowed to use the turntables, nice. you know. Um, Super. So that was like my first introduction to it. Yeah. But I was also going to nightclubs at 15 years old. Right. Damn. Hearing DJs in Tokyo. And yeah, the like, DJs over there were... We, well, we had it in at, like, one of the VIP... Like, the one VIP club in Tokyo. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was like there wasn't really a thing mm -hmm. in Japan. Um, one of the students... <laughs> it's a long story. One of the students from... That, that went to the school at the embassy got kicked out of the school at the embassy because he was a trouble kid sent him to our school we became friends with him um and he was like the embassy was in the club districts oh, so he grew up going to nightclubs yeah especially like in, in the embassy those kids are like connected they're the money you know, whatever yeah so he became like you know more or less the the dealer for the vip club right. he was the plug for like the movie stars and models and stuff that oh, would come wow. to the club so he knew the managers and the owners and everything. So he was able to bring us in. Like on, I was, he was my brother's age. So yeah. I go my brother. And now um, you were fifteen. Yeah. And how was like you could drink or you could yeah drink? yeah wow getting drunk on you know on the dance floor raging yeah. and it was super open format dance music. Okay. So like you know Venga boys right, and right, 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 that, right. but, but like they would go dope. also into like Nirvana, oh, you know nineties wow. nineties rock and hip hop. Fire. And, but like mostly up tempo, but yeah. So I was like, "This is awesome." You know, started collecting records, and then when I was sixteen, um, my siblings had moved back to Gainesville, and I was like, "I want to go back to Gainesville," <clears throat> but my parents were still stationed for another couple of years, so I went back, and my sisters became my legal guardians. Oh shit! And live with my siblings, and at that point, my sister was like, "All right, now you can." Use the turntables when I'm not home. Basically. Oh wow! Damn, door like open. The most that, interesting childhood. It was the summer the, that summer that I moved back. I was sleeping in the living room until we moved into a bigger house. Mm -hmm. Sleeping next to the turntables. Wow! So I was just every day just get up and DJ. And yeah, blending and blending like, instrumentals and acapellas, learning yeah. blending. Were you you were going to school in Gainesville at that time, or you just? I was in high. I was finishing high school. Oh. Wow, so oh. you just literally slept by the turntables. Yeah, and started doing house parties. And then my older like brother from another mother, like the other family that we grew up with, he was DJing, had a Wednesday like weekly, and invited me to like open up, basically. Wow. 
And so I was doing. This was at 18, right? Or 17, like. 16, 16 17, 17, yeah. 17, wow. Dang, you did a lot of shit in your childhood. Yeah. Like, you went yeah, living in Japan. Yeah, it was it a was wild, wild time. Like, it was wild. And how was it, like, having your your legal guardians your siblings that's i can't even imagine my sister being my legal guardian. <laughs> yeah I mean, we were all in school you know they were all in college okay uh so you kind of had like roommates yeah it was like we were responsible we partied too you know but we were responsible my yeah. parents knew that okay that they could like trust that's how we kind of grew up like they gave us a lot of freedom that's dope so that we could respect it you know that's awesome. which is, can be dangerous yeah right? of course <laughs> especially <laughs> to in Gainesville yeah, 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 yeah if you have like whatever addictive personalities or what city you're in because they were yeah. going to UF I'm assuming right? yeah yeah nah, I've, I've gone there a couple of times to visit friends and I always well, I, no they were all doing like they were all doing different stuff my, my little sister was in acupuncture school mm. and my brother was at UF my other sister had finished like city college school and was yeah they were all doing that's crazy but yeah we were all yeah like it was a responsible household <laughs> so you were djing in gainesville and then you started doing like all the spots doing just yeah college bar parties i was doing like i've got my own gig was like thursdays it was all you can drink like five dollar cover i Jeez. think and wow. it was, uh, sounds expensive it, it actually. was beer <laughs> it was like you know bud light and coors light or whatever until the kegs ran out right um bud Bud light coors was like this is, five dollars all you can yeah, yeah. keep your cup you know you get the one cup. Yeah. You gotta i remember at one time i went I, I went to get a drink and it was like three dollars and then they gave me another one and i was like was i was like, like yeah two for, for one, one. <laughs> i was like i was like no nah, i just got i just wanted one and they're like I no it's order top shelf doubles yeah there, and it's like it's the same crazy, price crazy yeah, yeah. single wells here you're paying eight dollars <laughs> you're paying twelve dollars for a what would be like forty dollars that's drink. why people yeah, are so raging like, so there's the gainesville story is actually um so there was we had this crazy nightclub scene you know that was going all night long bringing in these world famous djs uh and then they it was like turning into raves you know inside clubs whatever they eventually shut it down and made the 2 a.m curfew you know wow that was spread throughout you know because it was getting so out of control it was out of control yeah wow so when that happened they made the university of florida police department had a party patrol that because it ended up being a bunch of house parties at that point yeah so then they had a party patrol that would go around and bust up that's crazy it's so funny the party patrol yeah like then they're trying to do raves and stuff and now those are getting busted because that was like the big thing once the club closes everyone has everyone lives on their own so yeah Yeah, all these houses yeah so you just go to house parties so then you know you figure out ways to get you know do the parties and yeah it was just a big house party scene what was the Um, dj scene like like the open format it was hip-hop and a german bass was big it was like hip-hop and dance hall and then like drum and bass and tech, different techno and everyone breaks, was a student breaks and house and stuff and oh yeah all kind of, it's like i mean it was a big scene so there's a lot of just random i don't know if everyone was students but it's a you know it's a lot of people in a pretty small town that are, yeah. a lot of them are partying you know at the time uf was always like top three party school in the country yeah, this is right. this is early 2000s like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. like they were winning every every sport they were all winning you know baseball football basketball like they were winning everything you know yeah this is peak 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 uf so the parties were strong it'd be like (laughs) strong (laughs) it was like a 10 kegger five bander over um, that's like how you like uh distinguish the parties like how many kegs they have how many djs they have how many bands they have that's it's crazy. Like, like, oh yeah, I heard there was whatever. Oh, there's a ten kegger, four DJs, one band, <laughs> two mariachis. And they go like, the old Tom Petty house. Right. 
and they'll just go all weekend because then you have the tailgate for the games oh, yeah, and then you go game season everything carries over bro so that was a fun like because a lot of people i tell them i grew up in games and they're like oh sorry to hear that I'm yeah like, dude yeah when i was there yeah. it was wild that's crazy it was fun it was good yeah uh so like started djing there gainesville college scene house parties bars and shit uh and then uh finished like a bit of schooling where i was like didn't know what i wanted to do next mm -hmm. and i was like uh, a bunch of my friends moved out to tahoe uh to be like ski bums for the winter they bought <laughs> they rented a like five bedroom house they're like we got a bedroom open if you want to come out i was like sure so i was a ski bum for like a winter that's <laughs> most interesting man Here we go. Was, well, <laughs> this is gonna this is that episode actually the end of the season in the spring uh i had a an accident snowboarding it was like a fluke accident basically and fractured a vertebrae Oof. so then i was like uh just yeah couch ridden for a month or whatever and then instead of staying i ended up coming back to gainesville doing more school figuring out what i was gonna do next and i was like at that point deciding between like the technical schools you know yeah. like uh, full sale right whatever um which at the time was like whatever 30 something thousand yeah. dollars for like an 18 month program and i was like i don't even know if like that's really what i want to do like i like djing but i was like you know maybe i want to do studio stuff so then i heard about the miami dade like uh community college recording like music business and production yeah. program yeah. and i had florida bright future scholarship that paid for everything so I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Fuck it. Might as well go do this two year program yeah. for free. Teaches you like a little bit of everything. See if I really want to do recording or what. And yeah. I could go to full sale if I'm really like into it or whatever. Right. So I came to Miami. That's how I came to Miami, basically. And I was deciding between like Tampa, Miami, and right. I don't know, California was like my ultimate plan, San Francisco. So I was right. like, I'll go to Miami. I can see you in like Cali. Hippie, that's like hippie heaven. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, see you. That's like the capital there, of a hippie. A bunch of people out right. there. So I was like, I'll come to Miami. You know, I'll do this schooling. I'll establish myself as a DJ. You know, if I don't do the recording school and stuff like that, I'll I'll establish myself as a DJ and then move out to San Francisco with like, a, you know, a small name as like this DJ from Miami. That, right. So I'm not just going out there like as a nobody or whatever. Right. So came to Miami, did the schooling, decided I wanted to be a DJ. I could do recording and studio stuff later you know if mm -hmm. i wanted to um yeah and started building my name as a dj and then like what was the first San francisco gig? was like why why go you yeah know? what was like, the first gig you got out here it was well the first first gigs was like uh young jewish professionals <laughs> at a mansion oh, like, wow. off a of craigslist i think yeah you know and i was like didn't know anybody yeah, let's get into <laughs> let's get into like the come up because yeah, so that was like that was I started doing these young Jews, which was kind of lit. It was right. like you know they weren't paying. I don't I don't think they were paying me barely anything. I don't remember how much it was. And what was, year was that when you when you came down here? Uh, let's see, it was sixteen years ago. Go five. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it's. Peak Miami. I so yeah, it was like yeah, found these like young professional, <laughs> whatever. It was these mansion parties. You were and looking them like, up yourself. What's that? You were looking them up like you're no, 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 no. I got. I just this guy found me. Like oh. we, I found him on Craigslist or whatever it was, and he booked me and they liked me, so they kept booking me for their events, you know. And I didn't really know anybody in the scene or whatever, mm -hmm. but then you know, so then I started meeting people. Um, 
my the first people I met, I was going to the campus down in in I was living down south south Miami, like Goulds. And shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was going to the Kendall, Kendall campus, campus or whatever. Ah. Uh, so the first friends that I made was uh, like Jamaican family, basically. So my friend Andre, now one of my best friends, DJ Busha, uh, he was working the MIDI lab at the school. And then like we got to talking, he found out I was vegetarian. He was like, oh, my uncle's got a Jamaican restaurant across the street. He's got vegetarian food. You gotta go try it out. So we became friends and I went over to the restaurant became friends with his uncle who used to be a DJ in Jamaica, nice. part oh, of the sound system. So he would have like all the stories from sound clashes and all old, right. old tapes and everything. I go Fire. after school, chill in the kitchen with him and cook me up food. So I be, and then, uh, there, his son, you know, um, what is another DJ, Brandon Lee, now yeah. part of black Chinese. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah, his yeah. own sound at the time. Um, nice. yeah, I've yeah. heard of Brandon Lee. Yeah. It's, yeah. I had him at good. ladies night and right. stuff. Uh, so yeah, th those are the first people I met. They Fire. would, uh, yeah, welcome me and like went to like warehouse parties and stuff for theirs. And, like the real Jamaican vibe. Right? Yeah, yeah, super good people. I was going and yeah, eating the foods. He's one. Of, we eventually had him at ladies' night. Nice, nice. The, if you got jerk. At oh, that was him. Night. Oh, boy, yeah. oh, wow. a legend. Full circle. So it's like, yeah, yeah, first first people I met. Yo, there was times when I would go. Just for the food. Just for the food. Yeah, people tell me like, like yeah, I'm just like, coming to get. When I first moved, <laughs> like when I lived, when I lived, I'll still come and get you at the door. Like when I lived in Brickle, <laughs> when I lived in Brickle, there was times like on Tuesdays that I was like running errands or whatever, and I'd be like, yo, it's Tuesday night, it's like ten o'clock. I don't think I'm gonna go out. Let me go early, get food, and then go home. And you know, like oh, Chef I, Robert. I wouldn't even tell anybody. I'd be like, yo, like, you know, like went home, got my food, and that was it. Super. They used to jerk fest in mm -hmm. fort lauderdale yeah big like stage show yeah. diaries you know uh djing their bands and everything whatever the speakers like and then they have uh publics uh would host uh jerk like cook -off competition, competition. Oh, wow. and he won uh two years fire which is like you know all the top course, chefs in south florida yeah, could be in that and of that caliber so he's an award-winning yeah, of, of, and then jerk to be that caliber yeah. in Miami, where there's like so much like Caribbean, yeah, and I know that whole family, and they're, they're all, all like they're super all strict. So. so yeah, those are the first people I met, basically, and then like from there, I ended up meeting Rod Deal, who's a photographer, mm -hmm. um, and he was his friend Marcus Blake, who's an MC poet. Um, they they came up with the idea to start an open mic night at Vagabond mm. on Tuesdays uh and they invited me to be the resident dj so basically uh i would dj and then we had like a three-piece band so i would dj a set and then the band would uh back up uh, open mic artists that you could rap you could sing you could do poetry whatever you want to do uh and then we would alternate sets um so like the f the owner was really into it at the time you know mm -hmm. like uh he like sounds great the idea you know he loved it so we did it and I think it was the first night um, that he heard me DJ. He was like, I love what you're doing. Uh, we're looking for a new DJ on Saturdays. Uh, are you down to try a Saturday Fire. out? Fire. I'm like, sure, of course. And this was? Backdoor Bambi's Saturdays of Vagabond. Like, okay. Which was like at the time, I don't know how many years, 11 year old party, famous mm -hmm. Miami party that yeah. traveled different venues over right, the years. Right, right, right. I remember. It's legendary, you know? Yeah. So Backdoor Bambi was in the main room uh, inside. The front room was like 
rock and disco and indie dance stuff right. and then the outside patio was like hip-hop r&b reggae funk soul which is whatever kind of good vibes right. um so he invited me to do saturday did it uh he <clears throat> did great and he was like if you want to do every saturday nice and you so, ended up being there for a while right off and on for basically no i became the saturday resident for some number of years until I eventually i like moved on basically yeah i, I think that's where i first saw i gave you. the residency at the time to uh, wasabi who did it till the place closed so now i do oh wow yeah but i, I started doing thursdays because i was doing tuesdays and they brought me on saturdays yeah. And then they brought me in on Thursdays, Shake Thursdays. With yeah, that, that I think that's one of the that first like times. And Jason yeah, and that's one of the first times that we. I that's when I had moved to Miami, and uh, I remember seeing you like working. And I think that's you put me on. I I played Vagabond like once or twice with like yeah. Rob Briggs, and that was yeah, one of the it first. D, it was DZA and myself, but before that was uh, Dormouse. Uh, who's now like a CrossFit, like a gym owner, <laughs> champion, right. super health. Uh, so him and the other host, they ended up opening gym together, which now is super successful. That I believe they have multiple. Well, yeah, but he was like a underground, super experimental electronic yeah. artist DJ that would go around Europe and stuff like with Otto von Schrock. Mm -hmm. uh, Dormouse was like his DJ. Same. same. No, no, no. Oh, he had his vibe. own. Yeah, he had like just this. Yeah, super experimental. Because auto is wild. Electronic music. Auto's yeah, wild. like crazy 190 beats per minute yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> them on the mic like. <laughs> but then he was also a really dope open format fire. DJ. Fire. You know, so he was there at the time and I came in and then DZA came in and Rob Riggs. And, yeah. yeah, so we all held that down over the years. It was yeah, I remember going party. there and being like, because I, I was coming from the beach and doing like the club stuff. So when I would, I would like my girl, well, my fiance now would take me there because that was like the cool shit. And I'd be like, <laughs> yo, what? Like, how am I not even like that's what kind of started opening my eyes to so like yo there's more to like just yeah, I mean, it's I, really they were known for being and I the most diverse yeah because i remember club, i think i would see you know, like, like the most diverse crowds and stuff. you were like rob briggs djing and then the other room where it was like just graffiti all over the walls and like it looked like a broken room and it was mayday was in there right. and i didn't know who mayday was at the time yeah and they would just be like fucking tearing it up and i was yeah. like yo this is crazy yeah vagabond was 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 wild scene i started going with my roommate that went to um and like he knew all the uh um exchange students or all the foreign people so like for some reason i guess they went for like to see a dj or they went to see something they used to do the show and, up in like a bus or yeah or like some and then they started going and then we went and then and i was like i think i've seen this dj and it was you and i remember like i was like oh i've seen this dude around you know and it's like me trying to break in i think you were like one of the first you were and I'll say this, I always talk about this. Like, there's a lot of DJs that are approaching. You were one of them, like, if I would see you drinking, I'm like, bringing me Sean. I'd be like, yo, what's up, bro? I'm Cass, whatever, Clint Cass, whatever. And you're always mad cool. You're like, oh, you know, whatever. And then <laughs> later on, we talked and, and you booked me and everything. But that venue was different. I was like, I had yeah, the 40 was, ounces, which kind of, oh, yeah. Before, like, now it seems like, oh, be tall boys in 40s. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's cool. But back yeah, then, man. I was like, yo, 40? Yeah, oh, we, had that, we won like best weekly party multiple times, best yeah. monthly party, the get low stuff. It was, it was a great, great time. And the Saturdays were like, because it was on, on the weekends, they had all three rooms open. Yeah. Three different types of music. And you had every type of person in the yeah, club. Yeah, I think that was you one know? of the best things. It was just like. Uh, you had like punk rock, like people with, you know, foot high mohawks, people with dreads, people with jewelry, people in suits and heels. Mm -hmm. 
like cross-dressing whatever anytime every type of sexual orientation was welcome yeah. you know and like where people were you know otherwise it just yeah like people were too afraid to do that at a lot of yeah. places they, they were scared they would limit their crowd so much you know if you had like some kind any kind of weird sexual you know controversial thing but uh no it was super successful what the crazy Everyone the crazy thing to me like from being new to miami is that like you know it's like we were when i moved out here like i had been doing the big clubs and been doing all that shit in, in texas so when i moved out here like most people just are driven to the to what was hot back then which was the beach yeah but then when once you're in it you know like zaya said like once you're here in miami you're like in the cut and you're like yo like that shit's actually not that cool and then you start going to places like that i remember like bro going to vagabond was and like the girls that were there like the vibe it was just like you said everything you would see like just everything and people just having fun it was cool like it was it was always dope so yeah, you get all those people partying together in the same room the right. same dance floor and it was like it was special for that though and where the beach was like the opposite it was yeah. like now nah, we want this certain crowd and if yeah. they're not fitting the profile and they were so scared to do anything off different of that, you know normal track that you know, because of who they might attract or who they might yeah you know yeah dissuade from yeah it's, it's always like, yeah i mean sure it's true to some sense if you have that that like goal in mind like what you want your demographic but yeah it's obviously it was successful to do it both ways i guess right so from vagabond well so yeah so that was like my over the bridge life and then on like south beach which i never really did that much uh i started working with dj Irie and his mm -hmm. agency right so that was actually Part of the music program like it was required to do an internship so i contacted them they just started this agency i was like i'm a dj but i also do like whatever else you know compute i'm good with computers and graphic design blah blah, blah. um and then after i'd already finished the program did some other internship i just made one up or something um the, they contacted me yeah and I was like, oh, well, I already did my internship. I'm already done with the program. Right. But, like, I'm interested to work with you guys. Yeah. Uh, but really, I'm trying to DJ, you know. So, like, if you're willing to, like, put me in some gigs wherever it makes sense. And if I do a good job, give me more. I'm willing to, like, come and work at your office as an intern, you know. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the agency? Artist Related. Artist Related. Right. That's right. I yeah. remember, yeah. So I mean uh, the list of DJs, you know, I could I was trying to remember the other day. I remember Chino. I, so many. I mean, the original was like Danny Days, yeah, uh, Jessica Who. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, Jessica Who maybe wasn't originally, uh, uh, but Mr. Sandman, Three Sixty. Yeah. Um, some there's so many. Uh, there's. Yeah, I remember Chino was there. Yeah, yeah, Chino came out. Yeah, Chino yeah, came out. He was like one of the hardest. Bro, working I used to get, I, I used to get checks yeah, from artists from related, but not because I was on it, but because he was getting so much work and and all these other guys too. Yeah, so yeah he was the one to, that was like the most on it, and I, everyone just knew he was going to be successful. Yeah, bro, <laughs> um, but a lot of, yeah, the staff ended up uh, working also with him with Pitbull and everything eventually. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he's still. But like, yeah, so I kind of got into a little bit of like the South Beach and like special events scene i would take i would take me to some of that stuff oh yeah dj e-rock who's out in mostly in austria and stuff in europe okay uh miami e-rock miami yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. used to be yeah killing it out here and then he just would go to europe and then come back and then europe and come back and then eventually it was just like not coming back as much yeah of course um yeah he's originally from texas but uh but was out here yeah killing it super dope dj 
<clears throat> yeah, so they had a great roster of DJs. I ended up working my way onto the roster over the time, and he would bring me to some special events and stuff. Because I, I definitely had a flavor of music that a lot of the other guys didn't have. E-Rock was probably the one that was most comparable. Like, that could do, like, the kind of more eclectic, right. over-the-bridge type stuff. Yeah, know? it was... <laughs> m- musically, that was shit, like, when, like, new disco-ish vibes, like, yeah. very dancey. And, and back then, same thing, you know, like... You, you were so used to that's when EDM was popping. So like yeah. to have that. And I remember just kind of relating to that. That's when I started working with, with Super Seed at Cafeina. And you would oh, do yeah, Cafeina Super Seed, too. Yeah, he was one of them. He was on. He was on. Yeah, he was, he was there. And wow. he was also one of the guys that I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, shout he out Super just, Seed. He's bro. a hustler. Yeah, he mm-hmm. gets stuff done. I, he was on top of it. I was like, he's, yeah, he's, he's one of the I always thank him. You know, he was one of the reasons why he plugged me in in a lot of places like Cafeina. And, and he was same thing how Chino was plugging you and he was plugging me in. And then it's like, you know, you all grow the work and then they just pass it to you. So, yeah, artist related. Damn, I completely forgot. Yeah. Wasn't I was like, I almost deal. said a name of a DJ and then like y'all would have been like, no. <laughs> in Miami, I remember though at the time in Miami, I was like, damn, that, sh- that shit looks pretty fire yeah, yeah, over the, there. Yeah, What's the going on the over there? Of, like the aesthetics of the brand and everything, obviously being under Irie. Like, and yeah, I remember I would go to over Chino's key. house to like chill or like pick up a check and I would see his like calendar and like all his like dates and like all artists related. There, and I'm like, yo, that looks pretty healthy over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you guys got going on? Yeah, a good team of people. And like, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a great experience for me no matter what. Yeah. And yeah, Irie, you know, for sure. Like yeah, taught me, taught me some, oh, gee. just some basic, just stuff that you sh- to use it, you know, not like how to DJ, but like how to like how, you know, how to relationships. Yeah, that was one of the most things important yeah. things he always taught me was yeah. like relationship are super important. And I was like, I knew it, but like he drilled it, and, and I, you see it. I didn't, I didn't know it as much as I did, yeah, and as much as I do now. When of I, when course, you know. of course, yeah. I mean, you would, you would see it, and like. I remember seeing it. You you obviously were around him a lot more, but you see like when he would go to the tables and how people just oh, read it's a skill. Like, yeah, and, he's, he's and it's it's like he's incredible. At, at he's it. really good at like yeah. just selling it, you know, like keeping the brand and and living living the brand. I guess because everyone loves him. He's just that vibe, and he yeah. can walk into a room and like just be everyone's best friend. Right. Like, Instafam, that's what I call it. Instafam, that's a good <laughs> way to put it. That's good. Yeah. Were, were you ever cha- Were you ever trying to get in into those big nightclubs on the beach, or you were always um, like, I yeah, I wasn't opposed to it, but I wasn't pushing for it. I was doing well, like over the bridge, you know, I guess. Yeah. And then like, yeah, so that you know, that was around the time when Winwood was first popping up. Mm. Basically, was after I was like had some success already and you know, had my residencies um, and then started doing Winwood stuff like caffeine uh, yeah. put me on. I just walked in one day when they had, early on when they had opened, I walked in the afternoon. I was like, Hey, I'm a DJ um, Yvette, to play here. Shout out to Yvette. Shout out to Yvette. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah. all right, sounds good. Want to try this weekend? Whatever. I, they gave me a shot yeah. and they loved the music. And so I started booking and, resident helping Cafe- them with cafeina was like so underrated and nobody ever talks about it like, yeah people don't talk about it bro, i had some fun cafeina w- there, and cafeina was i mean we, we all know what was the first bar but cafeina was the first like nightlife like night not nightclub but like but it was it was a lounge yeah but yeah. it was interesting because it wasn't a club per se but like 
it wouldn't be packed you'd, but you have all your friends there and then they bring you out a bottle but it wasn't know. like cheesy you know it was just like yo like, yeah they did it well they had the indoor outdoor they had the, the art gallery fine. they had food, food yeah damn that's true there. man no one really ever talks Ooh. about caffeine so yeah that was one of the first spots you know like in winwood and so i just kind of was like all right this is cool just the whole winwood idea the concept of like an alternative to south beach where you don't have to deal with dress codes you don't have to deal with doors you don't have to deal with overpriced you know vodka sodas and yeah. all that all that stuff and the music everyone was like it was known that if you go to winwood you can hear like a more alternative mix of music more throwbacks less controlled by the managers that are just all in the dj's ear telling them what to do you know yeah because thinking we, they know it's best or at cafeina that was that was the vibe like that i would play i had so much fun playing there and that's actually because of cafeina is why i got booked i would because I had mix, I would make mixes at Cafeína or like that genre, and I was getting so into like Recording the indie, and like the indie vibe, Cafeína, bro. Yeah, like the indie, super indie vibes, like indie remixes. That's when like new disco was popping. Yeah. So like to make those mixes and have that like, it was that it was the vibe. Yeah, yeah. Cafeína was. That's probably the first place I played in one because I got yeah. it through you. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I mean, then you know, then it was wood and coyo and everything. Mm -hmm. The rest was history and like. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I was just, like, ingrained on this side of the bridge. I, and then I eventually, through different agencies that I tried to work with over the or just, like, you know, I, I did South Beach stuff. Yeah. And I was, always, I was always hesitant to do South Beach because you want to do it because of the names of the clubs are world-known. And it's, like, the big clubs. And, like, that's, like, ultimately, I guess, the goal for right, people. Right. But my understanding was always the managers and owners and everyone treats you like shit. They don't look you in the eye. They don't shake your hand. They don't put your name on the flyer. Yeah. They don't pay you if you, you know. They pay you if you're lucky. Like yeah. they cut the pay. They it's it was, it's late. And, and the train was smart, it. bro. And yeah, I was man. like, why am I gonna mess? We were out there chasing, waiting you know? two two three months. <laughs> why am I gonna mess man. with all that? And I was like, fine, I'll try it out. Got burned everywhere. You know, mm -hmm. I I got paid a bunch, and then they would always shut down. And then the last few payments that you're waiting to collect, you never, never get. Never do. Yeah. yeah, that happened everywhere. Like I did it all over. Um, but yeah, I DJed all over Mokai. I had a set. I was Friday resident at set for a little while. Yeah. Um, was doing Mokai a bunch and yeah, all the different. I mean, but you you always knew that and, over the bridge was like your home. Yeah, and I, and all the owners and managers were like my friends. They showed yeah. mad love, mad respect. Never told me what to do. Payments always on time. Never like they paid me, and I was like not really telling too many people, but like I was getting paid the same or more. Yeah. yeah at these spots in Wynwood, then these guys were getting at the it's biggest clubs. I would, tell, I would tell people that, I would tell people that, and, and people wouldn't believe me. Yeah. People wouldn't believe me when they're like, yo. Well, I wasn't going to preach and it I, too much. I yeah. was like, I'm just going to But it's crazy. Yeah, right, like, no, no, exactly. The awe and the look of those nightclubs, like for DJs, including myself, like, I'd be like, yeah, like, because you kind of came up in that, so you already knew. But I was like, I came up in the club thing, so I was like, oh no, like this is where it's at. Like maybe I'll go try that over the bridge. But like, I, little did I know that like no, I mean, that's that was, where it was at the time. That was a lot of DJs was was like, oh, I don't know, should I be like focusing on South Beach or over the bridge? I need it. And then all of a sudden it was, oh man, how do I get into like Winwood and over the bridge? I'm mm -hmm. like just stuck in the South Beach promoter scene. And, like I never messed with like promoter. Same, I never did any same, of that. Yeah. I was just like I was never like fake friends with any staff like to get gig i was just yeah. you know if you like me you want to book me cool i'm gonna give it my best and right you know old school bring me back um yeah 
so that was that was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> and then like the traveling thing is a whole other story which started some time ago but yeah that that was just like the other part of my i guess yeah i mean you you like i would say that our networks are pretty similar we have a lot of overlaying overlapping friends network friends and we've yeah, done a, the country. yeah we've done a lot of different a lot of the same places and brought a bunch of different djs and whatnot um you know like we've we've always worked where like if somebody's in town like you know you're like hey can can you do this for me and we you know we've always worked together so like you've always been a name in miami like when people talk it's like oh a train oh the home a train you know always comes up so you know yeah you, people always ask like how or like how do you get into traveling like you just have to start you know yeah. and like do a good job be a good person <laughs> you know <laughs> and just yeah. like keep going yeah. and it just builds you know like yeah i mean that obvious i was i was pretty much never in my dj career like handed any like golden opportunities You're like right. a lot of like break i didn't have a lot of breaking moments where like mm -hmm. i was just put on somewhere for some fluke of a reason you know and that one escalated to me like, yeah like I, you I hear I never, the stories you know yeah like, like or just even like low-key ones like yeah. i was just that was just never me i just, just always like, didn't show up to work for fucking everything which i was like it's fine yeah. but uh yeah i never got those so then, like yeah go traveling around and just start it's just a chain reaction you mm -hmm. you know you you end up getting booked or you meet the people and then they next time you go back you get booked and you do a good job and then and then, and then you, you go meet, you, you and then the next time you go to another city they'll yeah. vouch for you you know and i call it the cosign and it's like it's, yeah, a, it's a very a, strong cosign because like if you hit me up if like cool or trays or like marvel you know like these guys these not like um gatekeepers but like staples in their cities well, you it's know? people you can trust and like and you want to get yeah, the off the record like you know all right is this can this dude really hold it down or depending on the format or the club can he hold it down you know to what degree whatever it might yeah. be but then but you know starting out trying to do the traveling thing a bit was like a lot of gig swap like yeah. people wanted like one for one gigs yeah. and, and i was like uh you know it was just kind of a weird it didn't feel right and, and you know it's, but it's always it, it's always we can touch on this pause because it happens a lot and back then in those days we'd be like yeah i'm gonna come he's like oh so-and-so is coming from miami and then like the first thing they think he's like he's gonna put me at live like it was always that <laughs> or like remember? expecting like an exact amount, amount yeah, yeah like yo then, but i got you this so you need to yeah. match that it's like that's not how it works or like expecting like the exact amounts in each person's city if you're gonna get them a gig and then so it just kind of always rubbed me the wrong way and i didn't you know at the time i didn't have too many places to put people on i had like caffeine i could book you if you if your format was right and then eventually like vagabond and, and eventually my ladies night and stuff but you know when I started out doing, it, I didn't have that much to offer. I was mostly just like making it, and I wasn't like pushing. It. I wasn't like hitting up dudes like crazy. Yeah, like, and it's book always me, book me, book me. I always tell it just kind of happened yeah. naturally. You know? I always tell people, it, it, you know, it's when you communicate, when you talk to certain people, and then like, you know, you have that relationship. It doesn't seem that hard when you talk to this person once every few weeks, right? You know, and like, hey, right. hey, man, by the way, I'm gonna be in so and so. No, and you're genuinely friends and dope DJs, yeah. like, and you respect each other. It kind of comes naturally. It's yeah. just like, oh, I mean, I'm gonna be in Miami. Like if there's anything, it's cool. If not, yeah, that's cool too. Then it's it's also tough because like we, you know, we expect to get paid a lot. Yeah. Right, we make good, we make good money in Miami. So like you go to another place and like I, I'm not gonna be able to necessarily get you good money when you come here. But when I come to your town, I'm gonna need uh, this much. <laughs> yeah, and and but so they're playing like, in Miami. But it doesn't. But it, and that goes goes to what I'm saying. Like it doesn't translate. And and yeah, it, so it used like, to be it like, used to yeah. be an issue, but not anymore because like. For example, like I did one gig uh, in a city and it was like 
it was a big club and then they were like yo we fuck with you blah 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 blah. the booker was a dj and he's like but what's up and our manager was like well what's up why you you had my guy you saw his product you've seen everything <laughs> like you're being the book you're being the booker or the dj like which yeah. one are you being you know and, yeah. and they were like oh but i'm putting him here what can y'all do for me like i could I think there was a time where like the swap was like the swap game was like was, yeah I mean and I it kind of fucked sh shit up for a, a lot, lot of DJs, oh, a lot of DJs. And, and clubs yeah because like yeah so yeah it takes away opportunities and it also puts DJs in that aren't in really the box. in the yeah the right but it kind of corrected job. itself and 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 like yeah, no offense while. and no offense to uh, another DJ those swamps were just saying yo I'm like you're you're comparing yourself to that DJ and like yeah. sometimes. You know these rooms in Miami. These DJs have never even seen or heard, or, or like you, you, you really couldn't. You know, like at, now with time, we're a lot more flexible. The venues and the places and everything. But there was a time when you couldn't really, where you know, a guy would come in and start playing like hype it was, and, and it was ball like yeah, yeah. they didn't understand that it was ballsy for us to put yeah. someone on at our spot. Yeah. Because it wasn't like how it is. It wasn't. Now it wasn't. They, they trust you know the, the old bartender that you know for five years that runs his bar. Yeah, yeah. And he's your homie. No, it's you're at fucking a corporate, you know, establishment where the yeah, DJ pulled. is is part of the motion. You know. Yeah. So, but from there on, um, you know, you you've built something that I've been wanting to talk about. <laughs> this is the, one of the reasons why you're here now. You know, like all of us, we've all you know went everything with COVID and everything, and and. Everybody kind of figured out a, a a way to pivot. So you were telling me that you, I don't know how you want to break it down. I got into like reselling basically. Yeah. You know, it, like it starts out like, I guess, sneakers or whatever. Right. I'm sure you like, you got them on the sneakers app and not for yourself just to make a profit because you don't actually like them or whatever. Right. You know, whatever it might be. But that's kind of like the, just like how it works is, you know, it's something that you buy at retail that's desirable for whatever reason and, and resells for over retail, right? you know, more or less, or, you know, uh, and DJ Beatnik out in Cali, San Diego, he put me onto it. He's one of my best friends and he was like, yo, I'm doing this thing. And yeah. part of this uh, discord group, basically there's multiple out there, um, but groups run by people that, uh, you, you, it's a paid subscription, okay. you know, and the people that run the group, uh, post all kinds of, you know, things that you can go and buy and resell for profit. Right. And it's a lot of limited edition drops, you know, that they're just like on top of everything monitoring. So you don't miss a drop basically, That's crazy. but then it goes way deep into like, uh, food items, Could be home decor items, right. Just like, like the random stuff, random like doorknob, yeah, door hanger. It like. could be yeah, something random. There's, I mean, the 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 group goes really deep with a lot of different categories and a lot of different ways to flip stuff, and that's basically, I guess, the idea is that you know there's so many things you could possibly um, flip, make profit off of, and actually make like you know a business out of, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just figuring out how it all works between like eBay and Amazon and third-party selling, and then like figuring out what kind of workload you're willing to commit to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of financial investment and like inventory and stuff you're willing to commit to, right? And you just kind of navigate through it and see what works for you. Like I jumped into it, you know, not knowing when clubs were going to reopen, and then they ended up reopening like right mm -hmm. after I jumped into it. Um, 
but it was going well. So I was like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this. And then naturally just kind of got deeper in it and inventory and just in the game of it all. Um, to where I was spending like, you know, a lot of hours a day fulfilling orders, basically yeah. <laughs> like sell, selling shit, like yeah. making money and being picky about what stuff I sell to get only like, Good, you know, good yeah, profit, like every like everything else. Once you start getting into, like, you, you don't want no small profit margins. Yeah. Once you're like it's a lot of work. Once you're busy and you have a full schedule, basically of of like fulfilling these orders, and you're like, DJ. all right, I, I need to like cut down on my work and cut up on my my price, and my profit. Um, so that's yeah. So that's where I'm at. I was like, I spent a lot of time with it, which is it was cool. I'm like making good money, but I'm like also DJing three four nights a week yeah. now, you know. And I'm also like full time, almost like a daily. Um, not I'm not day trading, but I uh, I'm investing and and doing short and midterm trades, which okay. I've been doing for a long for like since 2017. Basically, right. I got into crypto and then was mostly into crypto and trading and learning like technical analysis, reading charts, but also fundamental analysis, like listen, watching the news, monitoring yeah. the news and just everything that comes out in the, in the Have whole Have you always had like space. kind of side hustles while you DJ? A little bit, but not really, nothing like official. I've just always been a full-time DJ and like my, my extra work that I would put in, I guess, as a DJ was like my international travel that I started doing, like planning international tours and stuff. And that was kind of like my, I guess other thing, you know, I had other things like back burner ideas and stuff that I creatively was working on, you know, uh, but nothing that was actually happening, you know? So when DJing stopped, I was like, all right, this is cool. I was doing the whole quarantine, being healthy, you know, trading, you know, more than ever, obviously, you know, just like everyone else, but I, you know, something I had already been into. Um, so I was just like, all right, I'm going to spend more time doing day trades as well yeah. you know um swing trading and stuff and i was learning like gap trading in the stock market i don't know if you guys know about gap trading but where like a stock's price can gap up while the market's closed yeah. before it opens right. so you can monitor like which are the most gapped up you know like 150 300 500 percent you know before the market opens and then you're ready like as the bell right rings in. and the the volatility is crazy and yeah. if you really learn you know, uh, really short term chart analysis and you can make a ton of money. So there's this one guy who's famous on YouTube that makes like insane money. And during quarantine, the stock market was super hot and he was making like more money than he ever had before. He was on a streak. He like live streams his, oh his morning and trades. Some of those in there. Yeah. And he was on like a 50 day green streak or something where he didn't oh, have wow. one red day. And he was having his also his biggest days ever, like uh 300 something thousand dollar days of profit, you know, where he's, he's trading with a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's going in with Obviously, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever thousands of shares or whatever, but all like, you know, three to 10, $15 stocks or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, but the I thing about like, that is, is wild. You have to like sit down for a long periods of times, right, in front of the computer. Well, no, you have to learn the shit. Out. You have to spend. Well, that, but the actual trading is done from for just two the first hour and a half, two hours of the day. Because once like eleven a.m. or whatever Much. hits, like the all the volatility cools off. All the action happens in the first hour, hour and a half, basically. So he's literally working for like the first working for like the first two hours of the day, making thousands Bank. hundreds of thousands of dollars he was also giving away a lot he's a cool dude just cool you know obviously he's like what really good at it has a super down with hotkeys and an offshore 
broker to so the transactions are super fast and it gets yeah. you know it gets deep but yeah anyhow so i was like getting into trading and uh trying to just figure out where to how to balance my time uh you know i did some live streaming uh, i was also like doing ableton tutorials and stuff and you know so i was like all right i want to diversify my time and invest it wisely not really knowing the future of when clubs are going to come back assuming they're not or whatever it might be you had to so it was like almost every day reshuffling how i was going to yeah. invest my time um and then towards the end of it all was when the reselling thing came up uh and you know i got into it and then all of a sudden clubs were open but i was like all right keep doing it and it just grew and grew and grew so, to where now pick- i'm like trying to like yeah like uh alleviate the have you the had any work like, hours because i mean up to you how much you want to talk have you have like an item that's been like when you get there like do you have any crazy like <laughs> i have some success stories yeah. <laughs> or, or i mean or ba- i don't know whatever whichever i mean yeah some of like some i could tell you for people who are like trying to consider getting into it um there's a lot of chance that you're gonna spend a lot of time and make a small amount of profit mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't have the right uh, resources to find the stuff and then if you're not like i'm you know i'm like tech savvy whatever figured it out yeah um it can be difficult it's a process yeah. but what but if you just go through the steps and yeah, go like through the process else, you know? um it's not that difficult and yeah i got to the point where yeah where i'm making good money and um yeah some like early on before i was doing like amazon and stuff i was more like yeah trying to find like rare sneakers that do the Nike outlet yeah. and find deals that you can flip or whatever for profit right. or whatever, stuff like that. Now I'm like, I don't, I don't touch sneakers basically at all. Like, it's it's just just like water, you think it's a watered down market? Or it's, you know, all these like teenagers uh, yeah. hustling for the same kid. stuff, you know, it's like to, do. to make like potentially not that much money. But I'm like making what, what way to more them, on what some to them is, stuff. But to them it's like, right. oh my God, so like there was a sample it. sale in the design district. Um, um, it was a kit store, like right. supplied, sample sales like a warehouse so, warehouse samples sale. yeah traveling one so i pulled up and there was a ton of there was like off-white and stuff that all sold out a bunch of like the hot stuff had sold out so i went through and i see all these nike sakai jackets zip up jackets and hoodies and stuff I'm like those are hot like i know that's hot like yeah. limited they were all like weird cuts and yeah, stuff they you come, know they match the the runners right, right. and, and they those are all like hot so anyhow the sale was like 60 percent off I went up on stock exchange, StockX, um, found a bunch of the ones on the shelf that had like highest, highest offers, like for big profit, sold them in the store before I went to the checkout and bought them, bought a gang of them. uh, And then like the next day or day after they dropped the sale even more to like 80%. So I went back in and got the ones that weren't Bought the dip. weren't instantly reselling on StockX yeah. just to just to get. Ended up selling them all, you know. Got these jackets for like yeah, forty bucks or something, thirty to sixty dollars, and then sold them for like two, three hundred on StockX. Um, so that was like a great find, but yeah. you know that's just kind of random. Yeah, it's that one you of find many, and, and, and you know, and, and the it's those you know so another one i can tell you about because now it's like over basically is the lady gaga oreos yeah you, <laughs> that's why that's you're pretty right. much that's the one that's the one that caught me because you told me this i mean you told me off the air a story and i was like yo we gotta- yeah so through this chat group i found out that there's these lady gaga oreo cookies hey. that were going to be released well, 
you know, they didn't know the release date, but like the little mini six packs started popping up yeah. in stores, you know. <laughs> we got an exclusive. And those bag were right re- here. those were reselling for like ten bucks a pack. Wow! So you could have a pack of you could have ten of the ten those and sell for a hundred bucks. You know what costs like fifteen bucks or whatever. So anyhow, uh, it was unknown when the full packs were gonna hit stores, but you knew they knew it was gonna be like a Walmart exclusive, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I happened to go to Walmart one morning saw the guy stocking with the oreo t-shirt wow and he saw me like looking around a bunch he was like can i help you find something i was like lady got oreos Oreos." he was like uh he's like oh those are brand new he's like try back next week they're not out yet but uh i didn't ask him what you're like hey can i get your number bro? yeah (laughs) you know if i was a real right right like people do that i was gonna say people tip people tip, tip tip them, yeah, get their numbers wow. pay them off everything stalkers it's like pokemon cards and everything that wow. you know all that wow. all the sports cards Oreo so yeah so he was like next week i didn't ask him what day i just happened to come back the next week in the morning saw the guy again he asked me if i, I was like or lady gaga oreos he's like oh yeah they just came out today i just stocked the shelf i just finished stocking the shelf so I go over to the shelf and they're like glistening, like glowing. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like a full 300 packs. I don't know how many. Um, Bought them all. So I loaded up my cart with like 30 packs of Oreos. And then I'm like, in. in was, was anybody else there? Like, no, no. They were, the, full, the shelf was literally untouched, wow. completely full. You so I just like tip. cleared out the bottom rack or whatever. Took like 30 packs. My cart was basically full. I went to the checkout line. Um, and then I go to look on Amazon to see uh, what the listing looks like, if, how, how much they're going for. And there was a listing, but nobody had any inventory listed. Nobody had listed mm. them for sale yet. They just came out that morning, wow. you know, and I happened to be there like in the morning. So I listed them. I listed my 30 packs. I chose a price. I think it was $25. The packs were like for this. Yeah. 350 or what they cost 350 or whatever. And you put them at 25. I put them at like 25. I was like, that seems like pretty high and good or whatever. By the time I finished checking out and got back to my car and unloading them, they were sold out. Wow. wow. So then, you know, I started, I started seeing them sell. I tried to raise the price, but it was like, it takes 15 minutes for yeah. the a price to update up to 15 minutes. It was too late. They were sold out. I went back in, filled up my card again, raised the price more and more and more up till it was like forty five dollars a pack. I think. Wow, bro. Um, Ended up selling off, selling off like uh, almost a hundred packs before other sellers came in. And then once other sellers came in, they outpriced. They lower the price to have the lowest price. You know. They undercut everybody and then it just got cut, 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 cut. So no but one yeah, at Walmart. In about a couple. Like... Oh, yeah. The people in Walmart. I tried to do like 20 packs so I could do the self checkout so they didn't look at me yeah. funny. <laughs> but I was like, man, I need more than 20. I'm yeah. not trying to go back in and out so many times. So I 30, just picked like the cashier that was like they didn't give a fuck about their job yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it matters. I think Walmart is not really against reselling as much no, depending on the item. So. Target is like it's a big no no in there, et cetera. Yeah. So, anyhow, yeah. So, it was like a matter of, I don't know, two hours. I was going back and forth like four times wow. to my car and sold like a couple, like, I don't know, it was nearly three, oh, two and a half thousand dollars worth of Oreos or something. So I made like a thousand bucks or something or more. 
The one yeah. thing I realized during this whole past year is that there's so many ways to make money but if then, you really want. Yeah, but to then put the I work. was locked up in my crib for the next like five days packaging Oreos. Oh, yeah, yeah. The and work. I was like, so this is not the this is not the move, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> so like you know the other way to do it through Amazon is you've Amazon fulfills the orders, so you package up a bunch of stuff in one big box label it all individually, send it to Amazon, and they deal with the shipping, the customer service, the returns. But you lose a little bit. But they take a bigger yeah. profit, yeah. Right, right. But that's really where it's at because right now, you know, I got to the point where now I'm, like, spending almost every day, uh, like, a, more time than I want to be each day, like, dealing with, with the other shit. packaging and returns and customer yeah. service. Like, I don't want to deal with that. You know, it's like, and it's a good, honest hustle. I'm making good money. But, you know, then I go and DJ and make, like, so much more in such a short amount of time. It's like, what am I doing selling always (laughs) You're always reminded. You're you're like, damn. But, you know, I never, like, I never tried the, you know, real other job, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I was always busy enough and successful enough with DJing. Um, I never had the need to, um, you know. So, but, yeah, I I see just how potentially profitable it is. Like, I saw someone else on Amazon that had the same item listed as me, like we were the only people selling a certain item. So I went and clicked on on their store to see what else they were selling. And they had like 18 pages of stuff. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, of all the stuff that's at Amazon warehouses. So they just, they buy it, package it up, send it off. And then it sits on the shelf in Amazon warehouse. I think after one month, you end up paying storage fee depending on the size of the item. So it could be something really small, but you know, but where you're not having to like actually do too much Process work. Yeah. Have that Once all you your ship living it room. out. Yeah. You don't have to have storage. You don't have to be like constantly dealing with the stuff. You just have a day that you go and you buy all the stuff, pack it all up and then ship it out the next day or whatever. And then you're done until you want to refill it. So you could, you could spend a few hours a week on it. You can spend a few hours a day on it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of whatever you want to get into. Um, and there's tons of free resources on YouTube and on just Google right, like everything else. That's yeah. dope, though. You there's tons your... of people trying to sell their resources, which is not a bad idea either. But um, use your time wisely. Tons of free resources. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm trying like, yeah, maximize my. Is there like time a squad? Down. Like, have you seen like somebody at the same places like this, the recent... for the Pokemon cards oh, and, okay. and which I've never had success for, so I don't really try for them. Yeah. Uh, and the sports cards. Right. Like trading sp- yeah, uh, that's, NBA that's super so. hot uh yeah so there'll be like gangs of dudes posted up by the card section just waiting on their phones and uh, so i'm like all right so obviously they know that the stalker is coming out and then they usually like divvy them up between whoever's there or like depending on the store they'll only let you get two of each kind or whatever right. and i've never hung out and waited before um the other day i was in target like doing an online pickup order and this like squad of dudes walked in like single filed nearly oh, and all the security like the people target workers were making fun of them They're like oh damn that's a gang right there coming in i was like they're looking for pokemon cards she's like yeah they saw this bald head guy they think it's the distributor coming inside but it's not him oh shit <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, that's, the one, that's the one you had the tip and then she later knows. i see the guys walking out like with their heads down right. and some wow. snacks in their hands like, like wow. um so I've never like waited. I met a, I met a guy one time in the aisle that was like Thursday at seven a.m. at this location. It's the only one in like South in in Broward or whatever in Palm Beach. You gotta come at Thursday at seven a.m. They put your name on a list and then they text you when it's time and they come and divvy them up or whatever. And it's like I think you know I I've never really messed with those, but it's basically like I think forty dollar 
packs that you can turn around and sell for 150 you know more or less you can make give or take a hundred dollars wow. so it's like good you know it's good money like that's so insane. pokemon um mcdonald's did you hear about those the po pokemon, pokemon the McDonald's. uh mcdonald's had pokemon little pokemon cards, cards in the happy meal uh -huh. as like the the those the are limited yeah so people were going like on release day in the first couple of days and convincing the whatever worker I mean, the to sell them the whole case of 150 little toy packs wow. uh for which at a dollar two dollars each comes out to like uh 250 dollars like, or whatever yeah, they were paying most people be, paying ended up 250 dollars turn around selling them instantly on ebay for a thousand dollars wow people were getting people were getting cases of these things multiple Insane. cases i went to like a few mcdonald's one you know the day after they came out bought like just handfuls of packs put them in one box as 70 packs and sold them on ebay for 500 dollars to someone you in, got patience bro. to someone in like germany or something yeah so it was like That's i had to thing. go to a few mcdonald's it was annoying you know it was weird yeah. <laughs> like walking in and be like how many how many happy yeah. happy meal can i just buy can, can i just buy the toy i mean getting Oreos. well by the end but so yeah so then by the middle of the day there were like five only by the end of the day by the, yeah, by the end of the day there were like two only by the very end of the day they were like you have to buy the meal because people they knew people were yeah people were, 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 up. were yeah. one lady was like what's up why did everyone want these things and had her other employee like uh look at it she's like look this up on ebay yeah <laughs> she quit that day <laughs> oh yeah one place i was like you got the boxes she was like oh my my supervisor took the last one of course he did yeah wow what so it's wild dude it's wild no, so then you're like you know you're and then there's also like you're taking toys from children, you know, like, whole thing. <laughs> the moral, that, <laughs> the that is the least. So, like, that is the least of my. So when I got know? into flipping was Christmas time, basically uh -huh. Q4, as they call it, and re in retail, you know, it's the yeah, yeah, craziest yeah. time. So that's when I got in, and a lot of the flips that they were like suggesting were like these toys that like are for like not for like adults that have some fascination with some toy because it's a throwback whatever it's like literally kids, kids really want this toy no. i'm like eh, this is a little <laughs> weird for me <laughs> I'm not like into it. <laughs> yeah if it's like something that's a rich person item you yeah. know then it's like okay you're just making rich people pay more for it but if it's something that like everyday middle class gener basically people yeah. are like trying to get yeah, for the, their kids like that, the lady god is kid really What's no that? but like the baby alive you know grows up toy that's like this doll that like talks and does all these things it was like yeah. super hot toy right like i was like this this just doesn't feel right what was like, that toy from the arnold schwarzenegger that's movie? what i was, I was gonna, i've been wanted turbo man, turbo man. Bro, <laughs> you i've been wanting to bring it up a couple of those like and, and that's why i keep thinking of the movie i'm like Jingle damn all the way. i can give you a current one some current ones right now let's go uh mr potato head oh canceled and dr seuss all the oh. books dr seuss People so mr and mrs if you get them in the pair it's worth money and uh, all the dr seuss titles those are like mad money right now really yeah like a few hundred dollars a piece a book yeah for about any to of go those. to fucking look i already looked they're all sold out everywhere. what about like that's why i'm telling you the guys. libraries <laughs> oh yeah. i thought about libraries <laughs> i'm <laughs> saying I, I bet you that's that's a crime I'm sure you'll find some, man. Yeah. yeah, all the stores, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I'm about to go to Jose, I'm about to go to Jose, sold out. I'm about to go to Jose Martí right here. I, I bet you they have them in Spanish. Yeah, these are books that retail for $10, $20, yeah. and they're all reselling for 300 or so average. That's insane. Imagine, yeah. like, those hard book, the ones that they had in school and shit. Imagine. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. and the potato heads are yeah, uh, $100, maybe this, $50 man. to $100. Damn, you get time, them for like five bucks. I gotta store. start monitoring the news. So next time there's an item, it's like, yo, or whatever's getting canceled, you know, like. As soon as something's canceled. Yeah, I made a bunch of money selling um, Red Bull flavors that got discontinued. I heard about that, yeah. Some, so I remember like, you told me that some, somebody else told me this. So I just thing. got a grip of them and then listed them as like a pack of like 70 cans or whatever yeah. and, and sold for like. Ultimate money. hustler, bro. I think thirty cans I sold for three hundred bucks. Ten dollars a can. Would no, I oh, got wait. them two for seven. Would would that be with like everything? Like Aunt Jemima doesn't exist anymore. If I find some Aunt Jemima bottles, can I sell them for a bunch? Probably, Probably super rare. rare. Uncle Ben as well. Super like rare. I got a bunch right now. There's a whole meme about it. You can just go through the list and like just see what you can find. Discord. But I mean, uh, most likely it's all just super yeah, sold yeah. out. And yeah. yeah, it's collectible stuff now, it, basically. Like, like if we find out about it, it's, it's already late. long gone. It's late. Yeah. It's late. Yeah. That's the only reason he's... That's why he's talking about it. Of course, of course, of course. It's like kind of like Bitcoin, but not really. It's right. not too late. It's, it's like the edits you late. get out. They're, they're already oh, done. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like when I make the edits. <laughs> hey, A-Train's part of my Patreon. New Patreon member. Ding, ding, ding. I put up a new one yesterday. There's so many ways to make money, bro. Hard-earned money well yeah. spent right there. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so back to DJing. Um, like, so, you when, when the pandemic uh, hit, you were DJing a lot during the week, like three, four times at least. Yeah, I had, like, a lot of international. I had a Europe tour Ooh. canceled. I had a West. I had a San Francisco date, club date canceled. I had a wedding in uh, Guatemala canceled. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. But when it opened back up, you kind of went right, right back right into back it. Into yeah, it. I mean, I was basically waiting for Blackbird to reopen because mm -hmm. like, that's my only weekly. Um, so I was like, I'm not gonna really jump back into it until that happens, and then and then I'm back in. Um, and yeah, and I, as soon as that started, I've I've been uh, give thanks booked every every weekend since. So. Have you started to like figure out how you're gonna balance the? flipping and trading and well right now i mean I, I was doing a lot of legwork you know like in the last months and then this last month or so was probably my most profitable month reselling and nice. i put out put out the least amount of work so wow. i'm dialing it in you know it's so complex it's not complex in the way that you should be turned away to get into it but it's so diverse and complex there's so many moving parts and so many ways to do every single thing that's like, uh, you know, you're constantly learning and getting better at yeah. it. And I see it happening and I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it's a great alternative, like side stream. And, you know, especially if you can send off, you know, hundreds of items or whatever to Amazon warehouses. Um, and then you just watch the sales go through while you're DJing and while you're sleeping. And like, that's pretty awesome. That's, when I'm DJing, I see sales pop up. That's and the stuff. best feeling when like, you're making money while making money. Yeah, I also rent my car out on Turo. Oof. I have a kind of nicer car, so they're more desirable. But I raise the price up like all the time and it keeps getting rented out. And now my car is paid for. I, don't, I haven't paid, you know, my car has been paid for for the last... I don't know, many months since. since you Airbnb I, your crib or just my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Ladies, hustle, bro. Just yeah, kidding. No, it's dope. Super dope, bro. Um, uh, yeah. So like, I'm all about. I was all. I always knew there was opportunity to have like multiple streams and all the side hustles. But I was always so successful with DJing. I never explored that much. And so now I'm exploring it. And it's like, all right, this is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I kind like, of, I kind of feel the same way. Like for, not because of that, but it's also because. 
like I love DJing so much that I put a hundred percent of my time into that. Yeah, that's the most. I know that yeah, I'll, 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 like ultimately, that's the one that's my passion, what I really love to do. I don't like enjoy selling cookies, but I just enjoy making money, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like to have all those multiple streams is more crucial now than ever, and it's more popular now than ever. And like, so yeah, I'll be DJing. My car's rented out. I see like my trades go through some sell orders or whatever. Everything. And everything like hitting. Amazon, eBay. I'm like, yeah, this Oof, is all right. This that's, is everything. That's like the, mm, that's so, like, you know, that's like when you used to log into MySpace and you had the new comment. <laughs> like, that's when you were hyped. Like, like, off. Your box was, was everything. So, like, if anyone's considering any of those things, I totally encourage you fire. to try it out. Like, fire, fire. And if you need some reference codes, I got you. Hey, here we go. <laughs> that's awesome. Making your money work yeah. for. For your own if you want to um let the people where they can know where they can find you at um, socials, yeah i mean basically i use mostly instagram at dj train i got my dot com dj train mm. and um constantly what's your discord kinda, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's for the, yeah, that's, for the that's for the patreon episode yeah, i gotta I pay like, for that i feel like you could have a good some play on your DJ name with yes, with uh with that what you do on the side the train jump on the A train jump on the A train dot com flip train flip train flip train but yeah um I was doing live streaming uh, in the earlier on I hadn't done it I was like uh I was all over the place and uh didn't have my stuff set up so I haven't been doing that but um probably get probably you know just like you're a full working dj yeah man. it's like at this point in yeah, miami and then it's you know, miami, you know I, I nobody's was, streaming I, I, even louis not streaming anymore. Yeah, you guys it. know i had a live stream over a year a weekly live stream uh, about 10 years ago i remember that's when we first met <laughs> on you stream you stream bro that's yep, my first I'm, a, I'm a og streamer i had a now. weekly stream where i invited you know i i did uh like 60 episodes or something yeah. so i invited you know so many djs all, all the all the homies yeah. all the top most of the top djs in town Ustream like used to be dope man. of all different styles of music yeah i had a weekly that's like when i just had moved here and i was like damn this is i had multiple like, camera angles everything yeah. and you know actually the last show was it was uh heat were in the finals and i pointed the camera one of the cameras at the tv and got shut down no way and that was my last episode. oh six that that finals or the no, no it was uh, the second no the ten, 10 years ago the first second time around was oh that was 10 years ago i was 11 yeah 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 i had all kinds of all kinds of heavy hitter djs on the show that's funny that like that is what got you yeah i didn't fight it i was tired at that point i was having mcs i had a host i had mcs come on DJs come on. I was like ordering pizzas, pizza part. Like it was, it was a good time, but it was a lot of work, you know. And I didn't have anyone really helping me out too much. You should um, got bought out by, by someone, right? Probably. If they don't exist anymore. Oh no, I think it's I think still it's up. Facebook. Uh, there's still like an archive of some of the videos That's where and stuff. Oh, uh, and then they brought them over. Yeah. But yeah, that was like yeah. So I've had my streaming days. And I'm not opposed to it, but it's awesome what it's become. It's yeah. incredible what yeah, it's, it's become. It's As an opportunity for DJs that don't have the chance to work because their city's shut down, it's amazing. You know, I mean, a lot of people are making a lot. Well, of live it up. Live, live it up is the only one still streaming in Miami. No bounce. Oh, and bounce too. Bounce. Killing it. Bounce you just got five hundred thousand, some a thousand subscribers or five hundred oh, wow. subscribers or something. Killing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, one bounce, of those. Bouncing, yeah, I mean, yeah. and their setups are, are dope, and they've built, they interact. So it's, I mean, it's yeah, cool uh, Mr. Learn. Power. I don't know if he's still doing it. He had a really dope setup. Oh, he did doing yeah. the live streaming Fire. with decorations and everything. I mean, DJs after listening to this episode should figure out that there's a lot of ways exactly. to make oh, money. Oh man, they're exactly. making money. Yeah, yeah. Twitch not craze. just DJing. Yeah, yeah, like there's yeah, there's a ton of ways. Lady Gaga Oreos, whatever it is, man. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I wish I was like travel. I'm ha- super happy to be DJing in Miami and everything's going in Fort Lauderdale. Give thanks, shout right, out Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, but yeah, dude, I, I I love I miss traveling. I haven't been, you know, I was doing like regular Asia and Europe tours every year, and now it's like I don't know what what to, the, to do what the time. future holds. I was actually planning on like. Uh, living part of the year in asia and part of the year oh, in miami shit. like getting, and i was already like offered residencies out there it like it was like this five-year plan that that all of a sudden was like possible in one year no plan <laughs> and then to no plan yeah so it was like so yeah we're yeah seeing what happens but now nah, nah, we good we good well you know it's funny i jokingly put amazon influencer in <laughs> my buy instagram bio early pandemic yeah when i found out that was like a thing you could be you know, and then before I knew it, I didn't change it. And I'm, now I'm like an Amazon seller. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Pretty bro. funny. So that's fucked up. But, but no, yeah, but I'm, I'm happy about it, man. It's no. cool. It's, it's I'm so happy crazy. About it like, all. Um, yeah. Nah, it's, it's unfortunate dope. that people that don't have all the opportunities in DJing right now. But yeah, there's so many opportunities to like to nah, thrive right to now. See, like people taking advantage of their time and kind of not like, with a tail between their legs, like figuring out what can I do, and and now yeah. look, now you have multiple streams that are like genuinely making you money. Yeah, it's what it's happening. Like it happened right before my eyes. It was like a goal and a plan, but it I didn't have like an exact goal or exact plan. I just just like went for it all, gave it my all, and it's just working. So it's pretty Fine. cool. Yeah, awesome, bro. Fine. Well, Yo, we appreciate you, for you joining us, bro, yeah, for coming man, through. For you thank you for the the cookies. We're about to go ham right now. Zaya's gonna eat like five. No, well, we're gonna resell them, bro. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, price tank. Price, those aren't yeah, price, oh, the other item over there, though, you gotta keep on the low. That's oh, okay. It's yeah. a hot one. Okay, well, we're not gonna say what the other Let's item is. the bills right now. Hey, <laughs> but yo, Adrian, thank you so much, brother. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Semi Radio. And we out. Peace. Peace.